yeah, I'm excited to talk more ball. Um, yeah. e- even if, uh, aside from draft stuff, there's not much ball to talk about yet. But no, I feel like I've talked enough about the draft now. You feel like you've talked enough about the draft until it happens. Yeah, I feel like there's only so many debates I can have with people about who's going third overall. I I agree with that. Um, I'm sure that you know with the potential news that's heading out that maybe the 49ers are going to pass on Justin Fields, then I guess that's a bit of speculation. But I'm sick of speculating. Let's get drafting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I with you? You are. Yeah. Um, we have things that we prepared because. You know, even though the listeners haven't heard from us in well over a month at this point, we have been trying to record episodes. They've just been complete garbage. Um, yeah, when there's, when there's nothing to talk about, the the chat gets turns to shit very, very quickly. The deleted it, tapes. Yeah, I mean, I've never surfaced. I've still got all of the all of the bits, so I'm sure that we'll probably end up like hemorrhaging through uh, through them for sound bites but aside from that they're not really listenable so <laughs> they were barely even talkable <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm pretty after the disappointing second album there's like the borderline unlistenable third album before <laughs> the band get back to the... is that what royal blood are going through right now <laughs> great first album reasonable second one pretty shit third one probably gonna go back to their old style for the first we're just gonna we're just gonna keep going we're gonna have as many albums as like echo and the bunny men like 38 albums or how many they had Hello and welcome to Stiff Upper Lip, the NFL podcast by Brits, with me, Ed Wilkins. Me, Emma Hebron. Me, Sam Wong. Me, Tom Chappell. Excellent. Lovely. <laughs> I think that that's pretty reasonable, to be fair. Um, a little bit of news yeah. for everyone that didn't see it on Twitter. Um, Max, welcome officially to being one of the actual hosts of this godforsaken podcast show. Hello. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you for sort of nosediving your career towards us. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah I, was, I had some really big offers on the table. Um, <laughs> I had offers to be on some of those, uh, you know, fan-controlled football, like in-house news podcasts. Yeah. So they were only paying in crypto. So I thought I'd settle for a more stable currency, which is the nothing that you guys are paying me to be here. Yeah. Um None of us get paid, and, you know, you can help that out by, you know, paying us money on our website, but aside from that, that's that's the only revenue we get from this joint, so, Max, unfortunately, you've joined us in the poverty hole, um, but welcome aboard anyway, it's nice to have you. Thanks, thanks for my official onboarding to the poverty hole, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to <laughs> filling out my risk assessment and, uh, you know, having the team, like the icebreaker team meeting. <laughs> in said poverty hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
No, of course, of course. That's that's pretty much how it has to be. Um, unfortunately, there is always an awkward onboarding thing, and I guess this is probably what this is. So, Good all the best content, and I mean, I'm talking about like you know dating back to the Neolithic times, and by content I mean cave paintings and other forms of artistic media have come directly out of the poverty hole. That's true. You know, they say that. <laughs> Lack of finances brings much talent. I don't know who says that. I apparently can't say those words right all the time. I think the implication from Max is that he's going to be this sort of this podcast Van Gogh. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to be just as mentally stable. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'll be able to I'll be able to save money by buying one of those headsets with only one ear, like only one ear. Oh yeah, the old call center helmet. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Oh dear. Um, but yeah. So no. the word on the street is that in addition to, you know, joining this illustrious enterprise, Max has also written a piece for our partners in crime, Redian Extra. Max, do you want to give us a bit of? I'm currently. Yeah. Yeah, I'm currently in the process of writing it. Um, I wanted to run it by you guys. Um, what Max is trying to say is that he's writing a piece for Gridiron Extra wherein members of the head coaching staff for, well, that have not taken over a job in as a head coach before are going to be graded on a scale that Max has created. Wherein... Well, that's so complicated. So it's a rocky head coaches. Gotcha. I don't know. <laughs> Just my brain don't work. It's been a long five months. Head coaches who are new to the vicissitudes of the NFL season. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet you. Um, yeah, uh, it's just rookie head coaches that are most and least likely to be on a, well, what was the scale that Max was mentioning? The Tom Sula scale. The Tom Sula scale. On a scale of no Tom Sulas to ten. A scale of no Tom Sulas to ten on how likely they were to be fired during their rookie campaign, or at least how close they would be after their rookie campaign. So zero Tom Sulas then, just for a bit of background. That's... I don't know, who are we talking? Who is zero Tom Sulas? If Bill Belichick's son started as the rookie head coach of the Patriots, that's a zero Tom Sula situation. Okay. Where there's just absolutely no chance of getting fired, whereas 10 would be... Well, that'd be sort of like Urban Meyer goes 0-17 his first year and also gets involved in a race scandal. It stabs a cameraman in the neck. Yeah. Like, immediately fired before he even gets out of the dressing room week one. That sort of deal. But I'm sure that it's a very interesting piece. And when Max either makes his return today on his 1975 Vista laptop uh, or posts the article, then we'll all be able to enjoy it. It doesn't I wish I had a 1975 Vista laptop. 
It's well ahead of its time. <laughs> are, are you going to struggle? <sighs> Ever thought that you're maybe we're sort of cursed? A little bit, yeah. I, I do think that perhaps... We're a bit snippet. Yeah, this 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 podcast venture sort of takes takes itself uh, both far too seriously and not seriously enough in terms of its technical issues because we all deal with them, but for some reason we deal with them more. Are you talking about technical issues? Yes. Yeah, I deal with them. <laughs> Have you joined from your phone by any chance, Max? Yeah. Okay. Is it at all a tenable level of audio? It's actually silky smooth. Is that pure sardonicism, or are you actually? Is that true? No, I am. I am speaking nothing but cold hard facts. And we're as surprised as you. Yeah. Technology, <laughs> am I right? <laughs> you know Who'd what? It's almost as if sometimes you want technology in your life. But when it gets there, you find out it's actually unwieldy and it takes away the joy of what you're doing. Football. Okay. So Is this a yeah, dig at VAR like, that you've you've just made here, Max? Yeah, I am I'm using this as a basically I've only joined as a as a as a way of me funding my pure VAR anger. <laughs> it's all been a ruse. But um just to give you guys some quick numbers, I looked into it. Uh, since 2010, there's been, what, on average six to eight new head coaches every year. Only five of them have only lasted one season before being fired. Uh, the most recent one was Steve Wilkes in 2018 with the Cardinals, fired yep. and replaced by, uh, old what's his name, Mr. Handsome. <laughs> uh, KKK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, other Cliffy too illustrious stiff, eh? names on this list uh, Chip Kelly from the 2016 49ers Jim Tom Sula from the 2015 49ers Mike Malarkey from the 2012 Jags and Hugh Jackson from the 2011 Raiders and Hugh Jackson actually went 8-8 eight and eight that year he was the only coach not to have a losing record uh, but still get fired <laughs> after one year <laughs> that, that got me thinking <laughs> uh, pure record uh, is not actually the only factor behind this. So, Sorry, I mean, Max, Hugh I'm Jackson. Not... I'm going to have to stop you there. So Hugh Jackson got fired in a season where he went eight and eight, but didn't get fired in a season where he went zero and sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Where he was a grand total of one and thirty-one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. So I thought about that, and I thought there's more to this than just pure records. So the factors that I was considering were. The expectation around the team. So obviously those Browns, they did not have a high expectation on account of being the Browns. Yeah, uh, the Browns the is the level, Browns. The talent level is sort of a sliding scale because if you have a very high talent level, the expectations will be higher. But you are inherently less likely to totally bomb. Uh, whereas if the talent level is lower, it's more likely that you'll go 2-15, and 3-14. and 14. But... Uh, People will be expecting it, so you might get a longer leash. Um, organizational instability. Some of these organizations will never fire a coach after one year, no matter what. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think a couple are very uh, agitated. You know, <laughs> they're very keen. And, and some are sort of stuck between one place and the other. Some will fire a coach 
for no reason and then stick with uh you know like a the jags sticking with old what's name i can't even remember his name he's like the most uh, vanilla coach Doug, in the world Doug Marone. Doug Marone. <laughs> yeah uh that sticking with him for 15 seasons <laughs> Doug Hunt. <laughs> there's also in some of these there's some uh, sort of culture bit um issues and maybe some external factors that you know maybe i don't think the coach is a bad coach but some external factors could be coming into play and uh, how likely they are just to lose the dressing room totally um how likely is that their players will turn against them so of the seven new head coaches that's the chip kelly factor (laughs) yeah basically the chip kelly factor um the the lowest rank to me was arthur smith new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I gave him a score of 1.8 Tom Sulas out of 10. 8.1 Tom Sulas? No, 1.8. 1.8, sorry. So, it's not impossible, but I just don't think... I think the Falcons are at a sort of period of transition where, you know, maybe they're shipping out Julio, uh, their expectations aren't too high, but they've got a fairly reasonable core of players who you can't really see them, you know totally flaming out i would put their floor probably like four and 13 or five and 12 they're not going to be hideous to watch and i also quite i think I, I kind of like what arthur smith did in tennessee i like the style of football offensive football they played and i think the falcons aren't really an organization who are gonna freak out and fire him unless you know something terrible happens so 1.8 tom Steelers. any thoughts on that one he has like zero of the personnel that he was able to make work in Tennessee. That's my worry. And the fact that the Falcons are worse defensively than they are offensively. But yeah, he's got a lot he's got a lot of rope. I agree. I think that the Falcons know that they're in a rebuild though. I I think that the rope factor, like he will he will probably get a long shot at taking this team and turning them around because they sort of have sucked for the past like three years, I'd say, really, and they've not. And they expect it. Yeah, they're it's... expecting not to be great. It's the yeah. same as like the Panthers, who have been talking about being an open rebuild for the past couple of years. Like, of course, Matt Rule was going to get a long, long leash in Carolina. Arthur Smith's going to get a long one in in Atlanta as well. I mean, Dan Quinn. The other factor, he stayed far longer than he should have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they long as he could do a mediocre job. They can <laughs> way longer. So it's, it's not an organization who are, uh, you know, Arthur Banks not going around wildly firing people like a coked out business head from 1983. You know, he's a, <laughs> it's a stable organization. I can't see him get fired. And I think the same, a lot of the same can be said uh, to me for Brandon Staley. Uh, the new head coach of the Chargers, I've given him a score of 1.9 Tom Sulas, so marginally more, just because I think there's a little more expectation around the Chargers with Justin Herbert this year. Mm. Um, but again, the Chargers, they kind of in a similar vein to the Falcons, despite repeatedly blowing games in agonizing ways, stuck with their head coach. So I can't see him getting, I can't really see him being bad enough to be fired. I do rate the team. I think the team are going to be Possibly even in contention for the playoffs. Um, and I think Staley is a bit of an unknown factor. 
I think it might be a bit of a like a Zach Taylor situation where you're not gonna find out enough about him in the first year to to fire him. So I really yeah. hope he's not as bland as Zach Taylor though. Like his brand of defense was good for the Rams, so I'm hopeful there. Who who yeah. are they bring, who are they bringing in as the offensive coordinator in um, in LA? Um, I'm not too sure. Is it? It's not. Sh- it's not Schottenheimer, is it? Can't no, he's, he's in. He's in Jacksonville. I was finding out. Joe Ken Lombardi. Oh, oh, Vince's brother. <laughs> well, that says all you need to know about the 2021 Chargers. Uh, where was Joe Lombardi before? Was he in? Was uh... he with the Rams as well? Wasn't he the Saint, like, wait? Wasn't he the Saints quarterback coach? Uh, yeah, he was from twenty sixteen to twenty twenty. Yeah. All right. Well, I would even argue that he'll he'll have a better quarterback next year than he did the year before. So <laughs> I think um, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. I'm excited to uh, to see how they can maximize Justin Herbert. I'm a little concerned about what the external pressures might be like if they're coming back to that massive shiny new stadium and it's still totally devoid of Chargers fans that's a concern to me but I think I think people are starting to get into the idea of the LA Chargers like especially with Herbert I think it's sort of becoming a flashy team to support and well flashy is is good if you're in LA so well yeah (laughs) if it's flashy if it's tacky and if it can charge you $50 then LA will want it Exactly, yeah. and all of those things can be said about Brandon Staley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving up slightly, but but not by much. I've got Robert Sala, um, now with the New York Jets, a two point four Tom Sula's out of ten for me. So, point half a Tom Sula more than Brandon Staley. Um, that's just because it's the Jets. I don't really have much faith in the Jets, but I, I think Sala is. Um, a leader of men type. Um, obviously, no head coaching experience. But I, I don't think he'll lose the dressing room, even if they do suck. And they're kind of expected to suck because they're bringing in most likely Zach Wilson. And he's viewed to be sort of a project. So, you know, bad teams break good prospects and that might happen again. But I think he's got at least two years. I mean, Gay's got two years. And yeah. I don't think he's going to be Gay's level. Oh, God. I mean... I mean, the good thing for me, I think, I think Salah's a good fit for the Jets because his like strength is the D line, and that's actually where the Jets are sort of strongest, especially in the middle of that D line. I think that it's, it's certainly not going to be fun to play against the Jets this year. Well, hopefully, it'll be more fun to watch the Jets play. And I think that? Salah brings a lot of energy, so hopefully, that translates. Yeah, I agree, and uh, I I like the sort of point of putting Robert Sala quite low here because I think even if the Jets do poorly, like Joe Douglas obviously showed a little bit of patience in his in his head coaches by keeping the man with the eternal gaze of Adam Gase. So you know, New York might have a leader, just whether we'll or not see. they've got a team for him to lead next year is another issue. We'll see. I've I've got number four here. Um, I've gone for slightly more, but I was kind of 
hard to 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 pinpoint this one. Number four, I've got Urban Meyer. I've got him at a slightly increased three point eight Tom Sulers. Um, I think. I think the the Jags have a lot invested in him, and he's coming in with Trevor Lawrence, so they're basically throwing everything out and starting again, which inherently gives you quite a long leash. But I also, I mean, I think you guys are in lockstep with me on this one. I, I hate the vibe around Urban Meyer coming into Jacksonville. I just absolutely it feels like something that's going to go down in flames at at some point, just because he's come from an organization in college who have <clears throat> totally. <clears throat> a legal access to the best players mm-hmm. in their region and he can talk to them like kids because they basically are but it's not gonna fly in the nfl you know you're, you're dealing with professional veterans and you can't just poach all the best players like ohio state did um and i think that element of culture misfit and potentially using the dressing room might be the biggest risk to 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 consider on the Tom Sula scale. Is it just me that thinks that like Urban Meyer is just a complete hack? I mean, he could I, be. I just like surely there's a reason as to why he's not not taking a job outside of college because obviously he's got this comfort zone of uh, I'm just going to legally uh, and definitely not questionably tamper with my roster and and like I mean I agree pay players but like if that's the reason why you're winning then ugh. it's not been a level playing field no exactly the Jags are not a blue chip franchise the NFL no and this I, is I, a problem. I mean in a few years we're gonna look back on Trevor Lawrence and say he was like joined to the hip at Urban Meyer this is either gonna be brilliant or a disaster mm-hmm. I mean it's entirely possible that Trevor Lawrence can drag over Meyer to success. I mean, you know, he did have success with... I mean, he won a national championship with Tim Tebow. Like, can't be, you know... I mean, obviously, he's a different type of athlete in college, but he does have pedigree. He has shown that he can be a good coach, but can his style translate? That's a huge risk to me. Especially in Jackson. Given, given the sort of the Dave Caldwell era, given the... All of the disciplinary issues that plague Jacksonville, hiring another disciplinarian style coach seems to me to be an awful move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they've got. I mean they've gotten rid of a lot of the guys who are, you know, I say gotten rid. I mean, hemorrhaged. <laughs> you can get rid of Jalen Ramsey if you want. You know, you can get rid of Leonard Fournette. I think they're both more than happy to be a help. But I think that the 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 sharp blade of culture fit is slightly dulled somewhat by the fact that it is the Jags and no one's really going to notice or care if they're crap because that's how it always has been. That's true. And there's not going to be like a media firestorm around him like there would be around Salah for example so that's why that's I've got him at a sub 4 Tom to your level we've got a bit of a jump up next um, I've got Dan Campbell at 3 head coach of the Detroit Lions I've got him at about 5.2 Tom Sulas just because I think the, the Lions are, again, rebuilding from, you know, the bottom up. And everyone in the organization, I think, is kind of expecting them to be bad. And that's why they, to me, that's why they brought in Dan Campbell, because he's such a loud and, like, and like abrasive figure that he's going to take attention away from the players. Um, I don't think the Lions really have much that they can, you know, 
So they're, they're, they're some sort of caught in a, lion, a lightning rod. Yeah. They can't really pin their flags that much. But I do think Dan Campbell yeah. is the kind of player, uh, the kind of coach that if you are going to go in the tank, you might want that kind of coach around because he's he, he's, he seems like the kind of guy who's going to get these like athlete types fired up to play for him every week, even if they are crap. Um, My but... issue with Dan Campbell's sort of fit from everything that I've seen and, you know, people can try and say that he's never had a head coaching job and also that this Lions front office is completely different. But, like, the Lions have always had a very combustible team that could just go up in flames at any moment. And and I don't think that adding someone that is the fiery personality to that dressing room is going to... It's going to be like watching fucking uh, Greg Williams at the Saints. Except minus say, minus minus any talent at all. That's, that's a little harsh on Dan Campbell to call him Greg Williams. <laughs> no, as in like the sort of discipline issues that were faced by that very same Saints team. I'm doing this to purposefully mention it so that Ed can. Yeah, but, I'm I'm staring well clear. But also, I think yeah, I do genuinely think that it's not the right head coach and I I think that the new front office are going to be sort of hopeful to get more result than 3 and 14 like the Lions are probably going to end up finishing I would I, mean, I kind sorry. of would love it if Jared Goff was good in Detroit just because it would be funny like it would be funny <laughs> everyone including us all the NFL chuckleheads out there to be like <laughs> Jared Goff in Detroit I mean visually it's such a dreary thought isn't it but like what if Jared Goff comes out slinging it to uh, in, the, in the all grey? <laughs> that would be, be badass. I kind of want that to happen, but I wish they would um, start. I wish they'd take the roof off their building so I could watch them. Um, <laughs> on, anyway, I've got number two here, and I feel kind of bad about this one. This is the that This is, and I mean, plenty has been said about this, as I'm sure you guys are well aware. The external factors entry. I've got David Cully, head coach of the Houston Texans, at a 7.2. Just because it's such a volatile situation. I mean, everything about the Texans top down is just like, you know, it's just, I I can't see any stability. I mean, Quite aside from the Deshaun Watson thing, they do have a serious lack of talent, and I think a serious lack of leadership now. I mean, yeah, they're not... I don't know what's going on with the Watson thing. I, I don't really want to factor that in, although it is a huge factor. I don't want to speculate on it. But, like, they've got no Watson, they've got no what, They've got no Clowney. I mean, people you think about when you think about... The, I mean, even the Clowney's been gone for a number of years. I still kind of think about him and I think about the Texans. Um... It's just like such a bad situation. You can see them going like three and fourteen. You can see the owners like waking up maybe a little bit to just how how bad the situation is and just starting over new. And although David Cully's been waiting for this opportunity for like forty five years, if he doesn't if he doesn't imprint on this team, if he doesn't leave a mark, he is highly at risk of being thrown out. The baby being thrown out with the bathwater, if you know what I'm saying, like just my understanding uh, of this, my understanding of the situation, 
is that isn't David Cully essentially a one-year guy so they can bring in Josh McCown next year? That was my understanding of David Cully's role. Like, certainly... Bump it up to a 9.1, Tom Seamus. Oh. That's a, a heady, heady height for the Tom Seamus <laughs> ranking. I hadn't... He seems like a full guy, doesn't he? He really does. Mm-hmm. Like, just such huge, a nice yeah. guy that they might just tear him to shreds. It's kind of how the NFL works, isn't it? It sucks in that respect. Do you know what? Um, I really hope that David Culley manages to pull it through and there's like obvious signs of improvement and the Texans just fire him anyway. Like, imagine if he goes and does like a Brian Flores type job for the Texans with this obviously tanking mess of a franchise and like... Still manages to still manages to get five wins and like the team looks like they've they've turned a corner. They look like they're gonna pick up and then Jack Easterby is like, no, we still want Josh McCown anyway. And just fires him. Because so, you could see to, that happening. Honestly, I can't wait to watch the movie on the like twenty one Texans because there's so many <laughs> characters. There's like Billy Brian, Casario, Easterby. You know, I'm sure it's gonna come out like. You know, even their reporters like John McClain is just such a big character. Um, and it's just, they're just being torn apart from all angles, aren't they? Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, because D- David Cully is going to get, as soon as he loses a couple of games, he's going to get crucified in the Houston Press. Like, there's no chance he won't. Even though he's a stooge, even though he's a fall guy, he will get decimated by fan bases. I don't know. Low-key Houston sports are in, are, are in a bit of a mess right now, whether it be cheating scandals or, like... Being bad. By, being awful, like, there just is a, a a real big voodoo curse over Houston, especially when it comes to sports right now. They're entering Detroit territory, where everything is a bad, bad remit. Yeah, there's just... It feels it feels like a extremely volatile, an extremely. It's almost like a Vichy state, you know. Like he's a he's like a puppet regime. They've just been brought in just to. <laughs> that's to, precisely uh, that's my understanding of how it actually is. I, I may be wrong, but I honestly thought that the Cully thing was literally just give Josh McCown time to learn the ropes before he gets handed the that, keys. That's that, isn't he still coaching high school? All right. Well, that's that's a conversation for another day. I want to get to my number one here, the most Tom Sulerable head coach. Two words: bad vibes. I've got Nick Sirianni <laughs> and eight point one Tom Sulers because I don't trust my gut feeling. The same like this is gonna go intensely sour. Which and bit? I mean, which bit spelled bad bad news to you first? Was it the bit that he said that Joe Flacco would have a reasonable chance of starting Week One over? No, it was the rock paper scissors thing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's it, I agree. It's been a complete said, mess so far. He said he was. So he said when he was in the interviews with the draft prospects, they were playing rock paper scissors, and he was giving them all the trash talk he could to see what would they would do. Um, I bet you pick the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Go on, you fat fuck. Pick, pick, pick fucking scissors, I dare you. It doesn't sound anywhere near like that, but... <laughs> He's from South Carolina now, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, just like the... 
remember his like introduction video that they posted on like the team's Twitter account that was just like yeah. him looking around in his office at like the picture of like he was looking around at like the pictures of like Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz like wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah, he's the sort of the head coaching equivalent of like a pair of slacks. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be super hard to sort of define what this when I write the article, but I just it, I mean I think everyone who reads into the situation probably feels the same way. I mean he's got a pretty decent pedigree as as Colts OC coming into this, but I don't know, like you have to look at that Philly roster and say that that is genuinely one of the most talent poor rosters in the NFL. All I mean, you hate Jalen Hurts, to be fair. I don't you hate Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you you really went after this. Like, was he a second round quarterback? Something like that. He was like this. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was. So you really went after this second round, like thrown in at the deep end with no O-line quarterback in a terrible offense with awful scheming. Like, really went in on him, especially when he was playing reasonably fine in that he wasn't, awful I wouldn't team. even say he was playing reasonably fine, but I was saying, I would say he showed more than Carson Wentz did. But that, yeah, but, it's like, yeah, that's yeah, but a very, Wentz was, very low bar. He was historically he was low bar. But, like, he was at least, he made some fun plays, but, like, Ever since the Eagles purposely threw that game at the mm. end of the year, um, I just everything you're hearing about the organization is just in turmoil. Like, what's going on with like Jeffrey Lurie's and like crushing tape on the draft prospects, which you never want to hear from your owner. You never want to. I mean, Howie Roseman's always been on a weird treading with the Eagles. Like he was banished, and then he was back, and then he was a Super winner, and then all of the draft picks have flamed out horribly. <laughs> they are the weirdest franchise, I think, in the entire NFL because they 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 had Andy Reid and always blew it. They had Michael Vick and then he got suspended. Uh, in fact, did they they took Michael Vick on just before the scandal, right? I thought it was just after. I think or was it I just after? The Falcons caught him because of the whole thing. I mean, they sorry. had they had McNabb, they had Cunningham. Like they've had good QB play. Yeah, they've had like. Historically great moments, and have never and turned Nick them into Foles anything. Is like the best player in their franchise's history. Yeah, and then they... I mean, it's just—it's it's weird. Just so, it's 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 careening out of control. And I just think they might choose to hit reset after the season, just like a hard reset on like a new culture, new GM, new coach. Um, I don't think Nick Sirianni has made. I mean, there was that. Yeah, that rock paper scissors thing was weird. He's made no impression on me i can't see him escaping if there was like a deep purge at the end of the year i think he would probably he would probably go serious question serious serious question sirianni question (laughs) (laughs) which um which nick is more likely to be in philly in two years time (laughs) sirianni or falls casario Oh. Uh, it's it's hard to see. I can see Nick Foles coming back as like team dad, you know. <laughs> he'll have that. He'll have that Jackie to be rolled with the Patriots, but instead it, it'll be like a instead of being like the team past, it'll be like the team dad, <laughs> just like growing <laughs> up, you know, positive Call, male influence, calling everyone big guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, just a friendly guy, and then it'll be next thing you know, it 
he'll be starting 2024 week 19 uh, <laughs> and leading the uh, the Eagles to a 17 and one record. It's 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 written in the stars. It's my NFL prediction. It's a good job that you brought us onto that. Um, <laughs> a smooth old transition there. Yeah, you've you've stolen my thunder here. Um, Natural, but that's fine. You know, maybe maybe you'll be the new presenter of this thing. Um, <laughs> uh, it's like, as soon as I get any working electronics, it's over for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, We're gonna be like a new episode. I didn't remember recording. <laughs> It'll just be Max sat in a corner playing kazoo and just saying. Rogers. I've turned it into an, an, uh, the first NFL ASMR podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Emma sounds like Max's voice with a compressor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Jalen Rager. <laughs> <laughs> a little preview of what you can expect from this podcast in 2021. <laughs> oh, and speaking of predictions and... and going down weird weird rabbit holes um we, because of the fact that we didn't have any direction for a month we decided that we were going to force ourselves to do something so we've 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 made a little attempt here and we've all given ourselves five predictions for this coming there's nothing, season there's nothing big coming up in the nfl we've got to predict what's coming up exactly got to make sure that we're we make making ourselves ahead of this curve of no doubt like gronkowski Showing up as the new Eagles general manager for no reason. Like, <laughs> got to make sure that we're ahead of the cave. Um, so we've all got five here. Ed, give us your most likely prediction going into My this ma- current season. Josh Allen will win MVP. Your most likely one? Well, there are, yeah, I mean, a prediction can't be it will rain. <laughs> uh yeah no you're right uh then we just can you just give me a second <laughs> <laughs> i can i can see it yeah, i can I see it yeah i, I think josh I allen there's a strong allen chance that he'll win, i took yeah. him as like qb3 in our fantasy draft and got massacred for it in the chat he was <laughs> laughing at the end well i finished like out of the playoffs so it wasn't really me but at least i was right about that <laughs> okay i like it i like it how many? Yeah, should we? Sh- how many male Kuipers out of ten? Four. With ten Kuipers being the boldest or the least. Yeah, old? ten Kuipers is like a Julio can't catch. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, I'll I'll give you a um, I'll give you a I'll give you a three point nine Kuipers. I don't think it's the most likely MVP, but I think it's possible. Okay. If the Bills like win the AFC Championship, game. yeah, I think I think I could potentially see this being a strong possibility. I'm going to say this is like a two, but you know, it's it its entire two Kuipers comes from the fact that it, you're implying that like a Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson or whatever don't end up winning it first. So you know, that's it. I think it's likely. I think that it's going to happen, but. I like it. I think it's a good prediction. Max, most likely. Um, I actually only have four predictions, so I'm going to go with my current most likely one. 
and then think of another one on the fly. Um, was then, Did you actually have a fifth one that was, it's going to rain? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 of course not. Um, my most likely prediction that I've got is that the, uh, <clears throat> you know, Green Bay Packers will sweep the division and Matt LaFleur will elevate to 17-1 and one in his career against the NFC North. Right, okay. That's your most likely. You're a, you're a franchise that loses one to Detroit every year. Well, not the last two years. <laughs> we lost one to uh, the Vikings last year, which we can get into later. That was a nonsense. Some nonsense refereeing, but, uh, you know. <laughs> no, I, I do think the Vikings will be a contender, and I, but I don't think the Bears will be, and I don't think the Lions will be. So, I mean, I wasn't... Sorry, it man. wasn't like saying, you know... Like we can hear you clacking very, very loud, Tom. <laughs> he's uh, he's Googling uh, the Packers' schedule. He's like, well, they got a bit of Vikings away in week. That wasn't seven. quite what I was doing. I was updating one of my predictions to make it, you know, better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do think the Packers... I mean, I, yeah, like you say, it wouldn't be fun if I picked something like the Packers will go 4-2 and two in the division. I think... I think I think they'll go six no, and I think uh, the merry old laughing show will continue. I want to give this a six point five Kuipers. I, I I agree with Ed. There's always one shenanigans Detroit game where you end up losing. It's just a guarantee at this point. No, well we've paid the referee so that any time anyone touches David Bakhtiari, it's an it's a illegal <laughs> hands to the face penalty. I see. Yeah, but. With all his injuries, can you count on him being on the field? No, I mean, even if someone pats him on the back on the sideline. <laughs> the back of the <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it a yeah, solid... I, I think a six as well, because you can sweep the Lions, you can sweep the Bears. You could sweep the Vikings, but could you do all three? Probably not. It's tough to go 6-0 and in a division, is, is all I'll say. Um, Thomas. Alright, my my most recent uh well my most likely one is that Disney Plus will broadcast five games and then at the end of the year we'll merge NFL Network into it like it did with ESPN. That seems pretty unlikely. <laughs> Although NFL Network they don't even have Thursday night anymore, do they? Nope. Amazon does. So it's not I think it might be trending that way, but I don't think it will happen this season. Because I think that's the kind of thing that they would announce, like pre-draft. You never know. They, I mean, nobody saw ESPN getting merged with Disney Plus until it did. I got really confused because uh, one of my fantasy things is is held on ESPN, and then I got an email from Disney being like, "Oh, there's been yeah. a new login to your thing," and I was like, "Wait, what? What?" I think <laughs> I didn't do that. I think I think it's different because NFL is an in-house property, even if. Even if they don't like have any games, they'll still have like the news and that. I'll give it. I'll give you a seven point one Kuipers. I'll give you a five Kuipers because it's a it's an angle I neither understand nor particularly care. About. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's like this brand new like broadcasting contract that is like a billion a year, and doesn't Disney have some stake in it? Yeah, pro- possibly, but I, I, if you said over the next five years, I would think it much more likely. Okay, I'll, I mean, I'll I'll take a five and a seven. All right, 
Ed, give us whichever one of the next four that you feel is funny, interesting, or likely. Funny, interesting, or likely. I'm going to shoot for all three. Oh. Uh, I'm going to give you an 8.1 Kuipers that you achieve all three. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's not particularly funny. Um, I think that Christian McCaffrey will miss more than eight games again. Ooh, okay. Ooh. That's a real thought inducer. And my thought is, he does get hurt a lot. I'm calling both. Because I love it. I'm going to call shenanigans on this one. I don't think that it's going to happen. I think it's a 10 Kuipers. Eight, 10 eight. Kuipers? I just, I, I think that Christian McCaffrey is going to have, like, gone through, like, a full Captain America, like, strength serum thing this past off season because I he is. that would lead to a suspension. <laughs> <laughs> they fed him a leaf stone. Look, as long as he only misses seven of these games, then I'm fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I think it's. I think running backs are quite likely to be injured. I think McCaffrey has got history. Eight games is a lot to miss. I'm gonna go for a flat four Kuipers. I think it's possible, but probably not the most likely outcome. Okay. I've got an equally fascinating one for you next. Go. I think our old friend Jay Jaw. JJ Ortega Whiteside will have 650, at least 650 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns in the year. <laughs> 10. I'd be, I'd be honest, I'd be surprised if he makes the roster. That's a second team all Pac 12 player you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he's not been in the Pac 12 for two years. I just, and I just like, I just like, I, I like watching his hate. Like I watched a couple of games. Like that's actually true. I did watch a couple of games. I like what I saw. I think he can rekindle the joy to the tune of <laughs> six hundred and fifty receiving yards and what did I say three touchdowns, four, four touchdowns, oh, extra touchdowns. I ruined that, it. That's the problem. Yeah, four especially especially into that hack. Jalen Hurts is going to be the one throwing him the ball. No, no, and if it's... he's going to be the new Chris Hogan. I believe it. <laughs> and if it's Flacco, he's never going to get the ball because Flacco only throws to tight ends. <laughs> uh, what did you say? Six fifty rec yards. Six fifty four. Yeah. Oh, I'm calling shenanigans. I'm a, I'm with Ed on this one. I don't think it's a quite ten. I think it's probably more like a, an eight. Because in reality, six fifty and four with seventeen games isn't bold, but it <laughs> is when it's J. Joe. <laughs> so, actually, yeah. to be fair, he didn't say with the Eagles. He didn't, but that would imply that anyone else would want his dog ass, sorry ass. <laughs> well, if the XFL comes back. That's Zaragoza's <laughs> finest. <laughs> Zaragoza? Yeah, that's where he's from. Yeah, I know, but why? Zaragoza. Yeah. player ever to come out of Zaragoza. So. <laughs> Again. <laughs> right then, Tom, give us your prediction. A Baltimore Raven will be arrested, and I'm gonna put, <laughs> I'm gonna put my bets on Hollywood Brown. Oh, hundreds of NFL players are arrested every day. Zero. You say arrested? Do you mean taken into custody or released on bail? I mean getting arrested, and and at least having it mentioned by Ian Rappaport. 
So it has to be at least slightly newsworthy and not just like a traffic demeanor, which is entirely possible in in this current day America uh, for anyone uh, who is a black and minority athlete. Like a violent offense? Well, not a violent... It doesn't have to be violent. I just think they'll be arrested. Maybe they'll have committed a theft or... Oh, what about the... um... Gosh, who was it from the Eagles who got arrested for insider? Not the oh no, it was. Uh, wasn't it Christian Kirksey? No, it was a middle linebacker. It was because uh, he was on the Browns at the time. Um, because it was in Hard Knocks. I know who you mean, but the name's not coming to mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Michael Kendricks. Michael, Michael Kendricks, Kendricks. That's it. Of course. Okay, I'm going to say, I think for the likelihood, 53 people, uh, well, the extra week of the season is a huge factor in this case, isn't it? I'm, I'm going to say it's probably quite low odds, just because I think it is quite low odds. I'm, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say eight, eight Kuipers for me. Eight, only eight Kuipers for an arrest, that sort of sums up yeah, like the zero. NFL. It will happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. I did specify that it would be a Baltimore Raven, though, so we but are... If, if, okay. if, if one in 53 people gets arrested over, like, a 20-week I never period, said that it that's... was a player as well. It could be a coach. Oh. It could be a member of the front office. Could be a cleaner. Like Steve Kime. If they are a member of the Baltimore Ravens organisation to the point where Ian Rappaport makes a tweet about it, then... I think this counts. Does it count if it's Ray Lewis, even though he's not a Raven? Um, I don't know, because Ray Lewis has been arrested on several occasions. Exactly, so it's important to consider. <laughs> oh. No, I, I don't think so. I think it has to be a member of the current team. But Jim Harbour is going to get arrested for treason. That sounds about right, to be fair. And then he'll probably complain because, like, the Titans went out to the centre circle during his treason charge. (laughs) I said Jim Harbaugh. I mean, he will get arrested for treason, but it won't. It won't affect this this proposition. (laughs) (laughs) No, No, it'll only affect the Wolverines. Exactly. Sorry, I just had an oracle moment um, unrelated to this conversation. So let's move along. Okay. Can I just can I just point out before we go any further? Sam is now from the original time we were going to record this. He is two hours and fifteen minutes late. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be he's fair, on, when he said that he, in the pub. when he said that he was going to be in the pub, my first thought was Sam's not making it to this recording. Honestly, we've all no. been there though. You get two. You have two pints, and you're like. Kind of like what's going on here. Yeah, like, that's just like, how it has to be. I, I yeah. legitimately, um, I've, I've started this like uh, SmackDown vs Raw thing on Twitch, and the second episode was meant to take place, and I was at the pub, and I was meant to like leave at half seven, get home, like get some food on my way back, and it got to like half six, and I'd, I'd had three or four drinks, and I was just like. This ain't it, Chief. This ain't it. It's like, you know what? I like being here. Yeah, I quite like being outside, thank you. I'm an adult and I can make decisions for myself. <laughs> so, I like beer. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. Ed, give us your next one. Okay. A footballing cabal of Derek Henry, Alvin Cook, and Lamar Jackson 
will rush for at least six thousand yards. What as a as a combined trio? Uh, yes. Derek Henry, Dal- Dalvin Cook, and Lamar Jackson. Jackson. What? So rush. we're probably we're probably talking at like two thousand three hundred for Henry, two thousand one hundred for Cook. And then, Jackson's like, not rushing for fourteen hundred yards. Yeah, no, that's not happening. I, this is a ten, It's straight ten. And Dalvin Cook's not r- well, rushing for three thousand as much as he wants. And he put down Dalvin Cook expected rushing yards. He put down forty two hundred. <laughs> 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 no, well, Dalvin Cook will miss four and a half games. Derrick Henry will rush for two hundred yards per game, so that helps. He'll, no, no, he'll no, rush no. for 200 yards per game, but in one half of the season exclusively. Because he either does it in the back half or front half. That's it. No, let's, let's not dive into it, because this is related to a proposition that I have later on. Oh, um, okay. Re- let's, uh, let me just throw this out there, guys. Remember, there is an extra game. I know, but you're <laughs> implying that with that extra game, Lamar Jackson's going to make it to 1,400, plus two players will go over 2,000 yards, something that has only happened. I'm giving it a 10. I'm giving it a 10, Kaipu. 10. And if this happens, That's a 10. I will, I will run 6,000 yards. All right. You're on. <laughs> All right. Our first actual bet from this predictions is Max's like health and sanity. <laughs> That's not that many... How, many miles? How about combined, me and you will run 6,000 yards and I'll run like 50 of them? You'll run 6,000 each. Yeah, I'm not, not ju- I'll run 6,000. All right, you're on. You're on. Can, it, can we spread this out over multiple multiple weeks? Like what would happen in the I NFL? Think yeah, 17, <laughs> 17 weeks, 6,000 yards. I can do that. Easy, good. All right. I play uh, baseball twice a week. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> My my third prediction is this is like the only interesting one that I came up with. Um, none of the five presumed five rookie quarterbacks in this this week's draft will have a will finish twenty twenty one with a winning record as a starting quarterback. So that includes whether someone gets drafted and doesn't play for a year. You know their records zero and zero. If it's below five hundred, that's what I'm counting. So I don't think that any of them will have a winning record. So just for pure clarity's sake, you mean Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Zach Wilson. None of those mother truckers will finish above five hundred. As a starter. Hmm. I think as a starter is a good thing because I mean Mac Jones could go anywhere. I think that's cap. I think that the forty nine is Team around the quarterback is capable of getting to five hundred. That's what I thought, but I also thought Jimmy G is still there. No, but I think I do think that they'll at least put the rookie in for one rubber match against like probably the Jags. I don't know if they play the Jags, but they'll probably put him in for the rubber match against the Jags in like week sixteen or whatever, and end up taking a, a swift W. And then Zach Wilson finishes one and L. Mac Jones finishes one and L. Sorry. All right. Well, that's that's all part of it. That could happen, but yeah, I think this is is yeah. I think we're probably talking about like an eight point two here. Again, this scale is completely bullshit, by the way. But you know, there is no point digging into it. Um, so why even try? 
Um, <laughs> Why did you start? I don't know. Don't know. Absolutely no idea. Um, that actually slightly ties in with mine a little bit because I've got a rookie quarterback one. Trey Lawrence will get hurt in the first five weeks of the season and Gardner Minshew will outperform him for the rest of the year. Oh, he's like Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. I said Trevor Lawrence. He said Trey Lawrence. I definitely said Trevor. It must have cut off. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so it cut off once, yeah. Trey Lawrence, but it stuttered. <laughs> We could look. We can we can review the thing because it will have recorded perfectly fine on my end, and you will reveal that churlish under questioning, very churlish. <laughs> I'm gonna say I don't think that Gardner Minshew is gonna be on the Jags. I think he might get traded away. He's worth um, something, and to a team that needs picks more than it needs backup QBs. No, I just think they'll get Josh McCown in probably. <laughs> um, uh, I think I think I believe in Trevor Lawrence. To be honest with you, I think he's probably going to be quite good, even if he's not going to be, you know, uh, I don't know the Michael Jordan of football. Um, yeah, I think I think it's probably quite unlikely. I want to give you a eight point four Kuipers on that one. I feel like it's it's. It's not a very contrarian thing to say that you believe in Trevor Lawrence to be quite good. Yeah, well, that's why I'm giving you an 8.4 guy. <laughs> coming for both of us, Max, here. He is coming for both of us. <laughs> Are you getting, do you gain something like if we're like, you know what, I agree with you, I'll give you a 1.8. <laughs> you don't get anything. No, absolutely nothing will, will come the of it. The only thing that's at stake here is a, a bit of exercise, like 30 minutes of exercise. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm already sweating on that. <laughs> Uh, nobody can take me up with any with any wild bet. All right, that's fine. Cool. Ed, yeah, next. I mean, it's a, all right. So we're going a bit, getting a bit fast and loose with it now. I think that the Tennessee Town Titans will announce that they're planning to relocate. Cap ten. <laughs> <laughs> I think they just they just started to get good. <laughs> yeah. Why would they take the team out of Tennessee after they've spent so long trying to build the team in Tennessee? They're going to relocate to like Vancouver. <laughs> Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. The Oklahoma City Titans. This is mm, oh, oh. I can't I, no there's no there's no it's no it's not ringing the bell for me. That's a 10. Yeah. That's a straight 10. <laughs> yeah, all right. So and if, if this, this works, doesn't work, I was gonna say uh, we have to relocate to Oklahoma instead. Flo's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Where are you going?" And he's like, "Sorry, uh, I lost <laughs> <in> this bet." <laughs> Oklahoma. Not something you wouldn't want to have happen. All right, my, I got, a, I got a prop. I got Derek Henry. Uh, becomes the first person since Adrian Peterson, who is not a quarterback, to win MVP. Because I think if he rushes for 2,000 yards in back-to-back seasons, and he has that extra game, and I think it's possible because he's basically a robot that can run, uh, I, I think if back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons is a strong MVP case. I think it would have been last year. 
but now that there's that extra game, there were a lot of guys that were sort of maybe pushing on on probably about that. They needed one more like very good game to get to it. So obviously not going to take anything away from Derrick Henry getting two thousand yards, but like. It's not out of the remit that we have two players that have over 2,000 yards this year, like an Alvin Kamara, like a CMC, like mm. a Dalvin Cook. I I think that with that extra game, it'll sort of knock down the... Dilute the statistics. Yeah, it'll sort of make it like um, not as valuable in people's minds. And I, I, I think it's not that bold to suggest that he'll yeah. get MVP. Um, I know that running backs don't usually get the nod, but... I, I I think this is probably more like a six, I'd say. I think it will get back-to-back. For similar reasons to you, Tom, I think they'll certainly get 2,000 yards, but I think that there's no chance they'll get the MVP because there's no... No one has a barometer for stats this year. Like, statistics aren't going to come into the MVP question because it's all... Like, basically, stats have been reset, right? So it's all going to be on the eye test. Yeah. Yeah, for MVP. So I'll give it 10. Okay, even in a 2000, even in a 17 game season, 2000 yards is still like 120 yards per game, which is absurdly consistent. Yeah. It's, and I it, think it would still, even, yeah, I mean, you guys, you, you, you guys are right. I think statistics will be more of a, it won't be a strong point in the MVP discussion this year, but I think the, the play that you have to, exhibit to get to 2,000 yards is going to be... I mean, last year, he was probably my favourite player to watch. Not on my own team. And um, I uh, I just... I think he's a... I think he's like a once-in-a-generation player. I think he's a he legend. I, I think 100%. he can... I think he can do it. Certainly like to see it. Yeah. I, I think Derek Henry is one of the most universally uh, praised people in the NFL, I think. Um, mostly because... What's not to love about a guy that is just so big, strong, and fast that it's just impossible to take him down half the time? He's like the Aaron Donald of offense, really. Everyone's a little like, bit, yeah. Everyone like, likes well, him. Damn, that's a guy. <laughs> yeah, that is a specimen right there. Okay, um, I got I got two more that I don't think have got any chance. Oh, sorry, one more that I don't think has got any chance, and another one that I think is a dead set. Uh, Urban Meyer will have a race controversy for the second time this year in his coaching guys, staff or You guys himself. are wishing bad vibes on the league this year. I already said this a little while ago. I know. I said but to you that Urban Meyer had already a race him. Yeah, and I think that this is a <laughs> sure... That is my surefire prediction. Who in a year? Yeah, there how, was uh, how, one of his... What's the bar for controversy? Uh... You know, like, it comes out that one of his players has been racially abused or called a very old-fashioned and very much not correct term for whatever player he is. Like, that's just what Urban Meyer's just got in him, I think. Would you would you classify it as a controversy if he said he didn't think players should be kneeling during the anthem? Yes. That's, a, that's an extremely contentious racial issue. Yes. I would I would consider that as a race controversy. Okay, I think it's I think it's quite likely that he might say something like I mean I I, I don't know the character of the guy, I don't know him well enough. <laughs> but I think 
any NFL head coach or like general manager owner, I think there's a decent chance they could turn around and say that they don't think that players should be kneeling during the national anthem. So I'll probably give you like a a five, an even five. An it could go either five. way. Yeah, yeah, either will or it won't. I'll give it a five as well. <laughs> <laughs> there's only two hours. You pair of dirty fences. That's my job. <laughs> Awful. All right, Ed, give us your last one. You're going to hate this. And Roethlisberger's contract will be terminated midway through the season. Um, What would have to happen for that? Like, what? It's not enough that they could just bench him. They have to terminate his contract. <laughs> <laughs> what are the numbers? Like, what's the like the dead cap? I don't know what it is for this for this season. They sort of did a whole bunch of messing around with his contract, and I'm I'm not sure what it is. They pushed it back into next season, so yeah. it's like the cap hit is something like sixteen next year. All right, over the cap. Let's have a look because this is the big factor. This is like. A big old factor for me. So his dead, okay, his dead cap. If they cut him this year, is thirty-five million dollars. It's not happening. It's a ten. There's absolutely, there's no way that they wouldn't at least keep him in the in the organization till the end of his, till the end of this year. It would cost them an extra ten million against the cap to cut him and keep him. So he would have to do something reprehensible. Like he couldn't do anything on the field that would uh, justify that. However, um, there is sort of uh, there is sort of like a you know history there's some history that. about there's doing three... reprehensible things. There is that isn't where I wanted possible. to take this. I'll but... give him. An, I'll give you a nine point five because I think he's 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 an older fellow now. He's probably less brash, so I think he would have to be like. Calculating his actions, uh, even more reprehensible. It's kind of hard to speculate <laughs> on this sort of thing. If I'm honest, I don't have much experience in the department of speculating on like terrible crimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a nine point seven two. So I've successfully negotiated my way down from a ten. You know, I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's I think it's pretty bloody unlikely, <laughs> but not impossible. You know. Uh, I think that this is a ten Kuipers. I I I don't think that the franchise will cut the guy with this one year. It maybe at the end of the year as like a now we have some cap space and we can move on kind of deal. But you know, I don't think so. Okay, I think it's a ten. Uh, Max, did you say that you had a fifth prepared? I do or... now, yeah. You do? Okay. Um, my my onion hanger prediction is that in the Super Bowl this year, a game-altering play, so um, a play that maybe like changes the lead of the game, or, um, you know, a, a play that you, when you look back on it, it will Sparked be like, a controversial moment. So, like, a turnover or, like, a sack, even, like, in a key situation. Um, I mean, this is, like, nebulous, and we'll have to iron this out if it does happen, which is quite unlikely. I think a game-altering play in the Super Bowl will be made by a player who did not play a snap, and not including rookies, 
So a veteran who did not play a snap in 2020. Well, so, so sort that of like be... a, a Jay Ajayi comes back for one year only and uh, leads Miami, for example, after re-signing with the team to a, a Super Bowl, scores a touchdown. Yeah, another person I thought about briefly was... Um... Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, but yeah. mo- mostly I was thinking about um, COVID opt-outs. Yeah, like Dante Hightower was the one that came to my mind immediately. Yeah, the Patriots back in the Super Bowl. Ugh. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at now someone like potentially uh, a Daniel Hunter. It's very unlikely, but like, potentially a Daniel Hunter, Albert Wilson, Alan Hearns, Marquise Goodwin, maybe someone like it's kind of hard to describe a game changing play for an offensive lineman, but Lauren Duvernay, Tardif, Damian Williams. CJ Mosley, I mean, you know, I don't think he's going to be on the the Jets making this play. Uh, yeah, Patrick. Oh, Patrick Chung's retired, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Marquise what, uh, Lee. I'll give you a good answer. I'll give you a 9.2. I was going to say, anything up below a 9.7 is good odds to me. I think we're probably, I, I was going to say sort of like a 9.5, maybe 9.45, you know, it's incredibly unlikely that any of the players that missed out on last year that aren't O-linemen will be in the Super Bowl. But if one of them gets there, and it's a big if, then maybe, just maybe, one of them has a decent shout. Um, yeah, potentially. But Devin Funches makes it back to his second Super Bowl with the Packers. <laughs> Not I think, you know, seconds after the Panthers, what that went well. What about Jordan? What about if Jordan Love is starting at quarterback for the yeah, Packers? Yeah, that would count. Yeah, that would count. That would count because he's he's not a rookie and he didn't play a snap last year. Yeah, so perhaps Josh Rosen. Oh my God, <laughs> no! <laughs> I no, don't speak it into existence because it will come true. There probably could be some backup quarterbacks. Maybe they would include among that. I don't have a list of them to hand, but, you know. Like, uh, did Nick Foles play a snap in 2016? Uh, Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Late in the... Anyway, Tom, your final prediction. My final prediction is that F.A. Obada catches a touchdown pass from Josh Allen in a goal line set from tight end. And it gets called back by penalty, or no? Just it 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 is a it is a, a standing play. The Bills don't have any tight ends. Fa Obada, when he was first coming through with the Panthers, was initially listed as a tight end, and they converted him to defensive end. The Bills <laughs> quite like weird trick plays on the goal line, and Fa Obada. So pissed off when F.A. Abada throws a goal line pass to Josh Allen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts on this. There's a lot that has to go right. But go on. I know what you got. I know what you want me to say. It's F.A. So I want it to be true so bad. We've talked about this. I don't really get the. I know. I know he's British, but and I know he's got a good story. But I don't think F.A. Abada's. I don't think he's the new JJ Watt. I don't think he's the new. Um... Didn't uh, 
the Titans head coach catch a bunch of touchdowns with the Patriots? Mike Vrabel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. And then there was Dontari Pope for the Chiefs as well. Yeah. Mm. And it, obviously, it who can forget William the Fridge Perry, who ran them in, but, you know. Yeah, the, so it has to be a, ca- a catch of a touchdown pass. Yeah. I, I, it, can't yeah. Punt, it can't be a fake punt. It can't well, be a fake punt. Obviously, I mean, I've, 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 mentioned jo- I've mentioned Josh Allen because Josh Allen would most likely be in on a goal line play. But Matt like, Barkley. say if Matt Barkley does end up taking a uh, taking some snaps at the end of the game, and they do play this play and throw <laughs> it to Obada, then I'm not going to say that. Oh, uh, you got it wrong. Right? How about F. A. Obada catches a touchdown game. pass? All right, I'll take that. Okay. okay. I think if, if, even if even if it was like even if he like ran in for a touchdown, I'd be like, you know, well, that's pretty incredible in the context of the game. But I'm not gonna say like I'm gonna if he does it, then I'll have to catch a touchdown pass for the Buffalo. Field, <laughs> I'm not gonna put that stake on it. But. How about Max? Um, if FA Obada does catch a touchdown pass in this coming season, you have to buy me a drink when okay, that when to me. we meet up. I, I was. I was hoping to do that at some point this year, anyway. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll take. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a nine point seven eight Kuipers. You, you're telling me. You, so you're telling me that FA Obada is less likely to catch a touchdown pass than the Steelers are to gaining <laughs> ten million in dead cap space for cutting Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's no precedent of FA Obada catching a touchdown pass. <laughs> no, but FA Obada did start out as a tight end. That is what his first position was. He has been trained in it. Well, as you said, the scale is nonsense. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> first of all, and second of all, I think it could happen, but I think there are probably there's probably defensive players on the Bills who are more likely to score a touchdown. You know. Ed? I mean, I think Tredavious White, if you just put him in at wide receiver, I think he'd do a job. Well, like Deion Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> it could work. Well, there is... Who was the, didn't Kyle Williams score a touchdown for the Bills once? You've, you've delved old, far too far into, di- into Bills history. Tackle. I think he may have... Big done. white guy. <laughs> I'm afraid I he, that I can't... I can neither what? confirm or deny... Let All us know right. on Twitter whether or not Max is talking out his ass. Well, no, don't let us know about that, please. <laughs> but let us know if that's all. What a touchdown! I don't want any other discourse on Twitter at all, aside from people telling Max he's talking out <laughs> his ass. And you can oh. you can tweet Max at, at Deerfearer, and you can yeah. also tweet all the rest of us at, at StiffLipPod. Um, you can tweet Ed at, at NFL Wil- uh, underscore Wilkins or me at. T underscore Chappers nineteen ninety seven. Go harass Sam as well for saying that he'd he'd show up, delaying our start time and then bailing. Um, but yeah, what what pub is he in? Oh, it could be any. It could be literally any pub in, in. If you can find out the pub that he's in, if you can download the app for that pub and send him a pop of mushy peas to his table using the app I will send you £20 thank you okay there's the challenge even though this this episode yeah even though this episode will be out way after he's probably already got home from the pub (laughs) 
Oh, but yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back at some point after the draft to talk more bollocks about players that haven't played an NFL snap yet. Mm-hmm.